Greetings. Hi, this is Teresa Willard Hughes, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And I also want to apologize for the delay. There's been a lot that's been going on in my life. Most of it's good. So let me start out with the good news. I'm getting married. Me. I haven't been married since 1997, and I'm going to get married on August the 30th. I am shocked and beyond belief. I've moved to rural Colorado. I'm living a life that I never thought that I could have. I'm happy. I'm having a great life. I'm living on eight acres of land with a man that I love and truly respect and who more than anything else loves and respects me. So that's the good news. And the other part of it happening is after I so boldly proclaimed myself the face of Roe v. Wade, when I actually unapologetically but terrifiedly said what it took to raise my son, who is now will be 55 in a couple of months, the journey that it took for us and the painfulness of it all. And I hope that everybody could understand my fears and, and appreciated what I, I talked about. The other thing that happened, Roe v. Wade was, was overturned, I guess it's correct, politically correct term. I wasn't shocked. I knew that it could happen. Why did I know? I think it's because I'm damn near 74 years old, be 74 next month in September. And I've watched this country not give back folks' rights, take away our rights, take away women's rights and women of color. I've watched this battle all of my life. So having the rights being taken away from Roe v. was a surprise to me. But what surprised was the level of vitriol, the level of hatred. And I think that for some unknown reason, I did not want to believe people were as hateful as they are. I've watched for years, I've listened to people on the right proclaim, you know, abortion is murder. But, and I've seen the picket signs all over when I lived in Northern California and Berkeley and in Oakland and San Francisco. Saw the nastiness. I did not understand, and that's my fault, the level of meanness on the right. It took away the exemption law which provided an opportunity for those who have been raped and victims of incest to be to not be able to have an abortion. I mean, let's not forget they argued and screamed and acted like complete assholes when a 10-year-old girl was raped and she had to go and get, try to get an abortion. She was six weeks and three days past her time limit in her own state, so she had to travel to that abortion. And then the level of the insanity, the screaming that it was fake, it was false news, fake. It couldn't have really happened. Apparently, they don't know how often young girls are raped in this country. But And so that when she finally did get her abortion and, and they finally realized, oh, it was true, then they said, oh, it's because a guy was an immigrant. I will say this to you with all honesty. I think that if you're a 10-year-old girl and you have a 27-year-old man pounding on your body, not more than once, but more than once, long enough to impregnate you, you don't really give a rat's ass that this guy has legal status in this country or not. You just want it to stop. But then, then you had politicians who wanted to go after the doctor who performed the abortion on a 10-year-old girl who was trying to make sure that she was able to have a life. But imagine being that 10-year-old girl, being said that she was a liar. And somehow, there's no doubt, someone thought that it was her fault. They didn't say it out loud, but you know that's what they were thinking. 
That, to me, is where the crime There's this lack of understanding what rape is, a lack of understanding what incest is. And now you have these damn politicians who for years proclaimed themselves as the party of the family. They're all about family. But now they're arguing, what is the right age for a young girl to get pregnant if by rape? Is it okay for she to be able to have a baby when she's 10, 11, 12, 13, 14? Someone thought 14 was ideal age. Gee, let's not forget, most in most states, she couldn't even get her damn blood earners permission permit to drive. But it's okay for her to have a baby. She's in the eighth grade. How in the hell is she supposed to support this child? So it took me a while to calm down from that, as you can well imagine. Then I watched my friends on the left, primarily from Planned Parenthood. And here's as a full disclosure. For five years, I've served on the board of trustees for one of the largest Planned Parenthood federations in Northern California. I watched these chickies clutch their pearls and go, oh, how could this have happened to us? Oh, my rights have been taken away. As I said, I'm old and black. I've watched rights being taken away many a time. But then they insulted me. Or they insulted black men, which pissed me off. And as sort of as an afterthought in their argument, they proclaimed the overturn of Roe v. Wade is going to harm African-American maternal mortality rates. So may I suggest that they stop insulting us. I suggest that along with Senator Casey from Louisiana, who said that although the state has high, they have a high rate of maternal mortality rates, if the state just stopped collecting data on African-American women, our rate, their rates would be good. I will say to them from Planned Parenthood and, and Senator Casey, as my late grandfather would say, Floyd Edwin Willard. That's mighty white of you. Mighty, mighty white of you. And baby girl, that ain't a compliment. It is for you to understand. Don't be throwing us in as a goddamn afterthought. In our minds, we are the thought. We are, as African-American women, we are moms. We are greatly bare moms on freaking steroids. Our job is to protect and take care of our children. And oh, by the way, if you really want to learn more about African-American women, maternal mortality rates. Check out a film, a documentary on Hulu by the name of Aftershock. And I think that it would give you a great, a great deal of understanding. It's not about abortion that was going to make a difference. It's about the historic, historic racism, historic neglect of African-American women, just historic not seeing us in injustice, and not believing us when we have anything to say. Think about Serena Williams. She almost died giving birth. That shit got more money than most people. And yet she almost died. Why? The doctors and nurses did not listen to her. They got nothing to do with Roe v. Wade. It happens to do with who we are as actors. So that's why I kept silent. I wanted to learn more and more and more. I didn't want to do a podcast just being bitten, although it may sound like I wanted to sit back and I wanted to read, and I took this last month or so to do that. So now you have in Missouri, or if you're pregnant and you're trying to finalize your divorce, you're not allowed to do that. Think about that. If you are a woman, you're pregnant, and you're trying to finalize a divorce, the state of Missouri will not allow it. Why? Because they have to work out the whole thing about 
parental custody. For those of us who worked in the domestic violence field, which I did for a number of years, I know the most violent and dangerous time for a woman is not during the marriage while she's getting her ass kicked. It's when she declares that she wants to leave the marriage. That's the most dangerous time. And yet now you have a state who proclaims that you can't do that. He had a, a, I think he's a senator running, a, a candidate running for senator, J.D. Vance. And he said that if you're getting your ass kicked, you should stay in the marriage. Hell, even Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, had advised women who are in domestic violence situations to stay in the marriage. Are these guys absolutely crazy? Have they not looked at the newspapers lately or in magazines? Think about it. the last time you're able to look over a course of a week you did not see an article where some asshole guy has decided to kill his wife, his kids, and all because they're going through a divorce, and now some state is saying you can't do it. They're even now are talking about that perhaps we should get passes or grant passes for women to travel from one state to another to get an abortion. Um, the last time I remember where you needed to have a pass to travel from one place to another in the United States was during slavery at which the time that you had to get a permission for your master to be able to travel to some other plantation to visit your wife or your children. Have we gotten to that point in this country? If you start looking at now somehow the unborn child has more rights than most of us who are uh, any people of color in this country, somehow whatever is going on with the mother, that is, the, that is not about her health. It's not about the fact that perhaps she has two or three other little children at home. She's happily married. She's now had complications in her pregnancy. Now the state or the hospital or the doctors, because of the overturn of Roe v. Wade, they're saying that this unborn baby has more rights than the mother, who, by the way, is a loving, supportive mother of the other children at home. What about her family rights? And I think the biggest issue for me is just trying to calm down and really think this through. Listening to an interview of by Maya Angelou, and she said, when someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time. My grandfather taught me that, in other words, but I understood it when she said it. Years and years ago, when dear old Clarice caught Thomas, was trying to get his confirmation to be on the Supreme Court. He and the senators, and I remember, and many of them, by the way, are the same senators, same old white men, who are still in the Senate for the confirmation of Kavanaugh and the confirmation of Amy, whatever the hell her last name is. They're still there. And I remember watching how they treated Anita Hill. Brilliant black woman, smart, boys woman. And they tried to destroy her. And Daryl Clarence Thomas, apparently they thought they could replace him, they could replace Thurgood Marshall, the man who was a part of, and who really changed most of African-Americans' lives, including mine, that we were able to go to integrated schools and now, all of a sudden, they're going to replace him with Clarence Thomas. That man hasn't figured out he was a Negro since the beginning of the time, sort of like O.J. Simpson. O.J. didn't know he was black either until they slapped the goddamn handcuffs on his ass. Then they figured out, oh, maybe I am black. But Clarence Thomas used a term that no black man would ever use. He described what was happening to him as a lynching. 
I knew back then you couldn't trust this Negro. Could not trust him. Any black man that can say that anything about his life that had to do with a lynching and then he told it a political lynching, you needs to be aware. Keep an eye on that. And for what, 10 plus, 15 years plus, he said on the Supreme Court justice. And I remember saying to my friends, and I would talk about it, go, that dude does know he got a job for life. He can make an opinion. He can talk. He was silent. But when that man started talking over Roe v. Wade, his dissent, it was violently mean-spirited. Let's talk about what he said. He said he's willing to go after not over overthrowing Roe v. Wade, but contraception rights, who you can have sex with, and then who you can marry. Think about that. Think about the number of people's lives that he's talking about impact. Think about this party of righteousness, a Christian righteousness, Christian nationalism, that now who have always said that they were a family, the party of the family values, are now saying what you can do with your life. Remember when the Obama uh, care came out and they were talking about death panels? Sarah Palin was going on like a crazy woman about death panels. Now they got ethics panels, ethics panels. Ethics panels means that as you are in a complicated pregnancy, you're fighting for your life or your baby is, is, is already dead. They got a call on the panel. What the hell is on that goddamn panel? And they, not you, not your husband, not your family, can decide if you can have an abortion or not. That all up in my Kool-Aid. That's all up in my stuff that you people do not need to be involved in. That's way too much big, big brother for me. That is a decision between the parents and their family. They have to decide if they're able to manage and care for a child with that many special needs or how they're going to recover from the death of this child or the death of the mom. That's not up to an ethics panel to decide. Let's talk about it from another standpoint. Now you're talking about where, as I said, the baby has all, his unborn child has all these rights. GOP that didn't, who, who railed and screamed over the 2020 election, saying that they did not believe that you should be able to drop, drop mail drop-in ballots. But now they're setting up drop-off boxes for unwanted babies. Come on, where's the level of sanity that we should have in this country? And over the next couple of months, I'm putting together a, I don't know what you would call it, a movement for lack of better word. And I'm asking all of us to join us. See, Roe v. Wade is not about abortion. It's about if you're a gay parent and a loving gay parent, that if you try to send your kids to certain schools, someone might object because they don't like your values. So now they're into telling you how you could raise your child. That ain't right. I just read an article that there is a young girl in Salt Lake City who won a couple of games and she beat the crap out of the other girls who were playing and you know in, in organized sports. And so in Utah they have a right to be able to go back, not tell the child, not tell her parents, go back into her medical records and her school records to find out way back in kindergarten, did she register as a real life girl? Why? Because this young girl was athletic and she beats the other parents' kids. 
and the parents raise these issues. Start looking around and when I'm talking about what's being taken away. Let's talk about Uvalde, you know, the school shooting that they had in Texas. They had uh, 397 cops at that goddamn school. 19 kids were killed. Two teachers were killed. The police looked like the Flintstone cops outside for 77 minutes trying to figure out what the hell they should do. Well, 19 kids and two teachers were murdered. But lo and behold, in Texas, they got a problem wanting to investigate any parent of a trans child. They're now saying that kids couldn't have medication with medication they need. It is not up to somebody else to be raising my goddamn kid. It's not their job to be doing that and putting their business and their ethics, and apparently they think their God's better than my God, onto my feelings, my economics, and my parenting. But that's what's happening now in our country. So I'm asking you, uh, like I said, get married next week. Yeah. And after that, I'll calm down. I'll be happy. I'll calm down. And I'm going to put together a movement, and I'm going to ask you to think about joining me in it. Hell, I've been doing community organizations probably since the late 70s. I've done them and I've done them well. I know how to manage our organizations. I know how to set them up. I think I'll know what I'm going to be doing. But I'm going to ask that we cannot do this based on just women or women of color or black women. It has to be thought about as all of us who are being impacted, all gay folks, all parents of trans, trans kids, trans people, everybody of color, they're coming after us. They are coming after us. And I think just about any mom or anybody who's a grandparent or someone who's planning on getting pregnant or you know someone is getting pregnant, you need to think about having a conversation because I don't want us, and I particularly do not want myself, be caught up into this situation where we have some goddamn politicians thinking they could run my life. No, that ain't going to happen. So in the meantime, I'm going to get my new, my wedding dress is arriving today. Yay. Uh, I'm getting all organized, getting gussied up, and I shall talk with you soon. In the meantime, you take care of yourself and God bless. Teresa, bye-bye.